Yo, yo, yo. What the fuck is this? This is the Revenge of the Wooks podcast, baby. Uh, we're excited to be back once again, fresh off of Moon Dot Beach. I feel good. You feel good. The re- weather was great. People were radiant. And it was fucking awesome. Uh, so, who are we and why are we here? We were talking a little bit about what to start off with. And I guess coming on the same page and making sure that everyone understands kind of what this is, is important. Um, And we, in general, we just see this being a voice for the festival community that we have. Any relevant conversations that we feel need to be had, we want to have this be a central hub of where people can come and start a dialogue. People could meet other people through different messenger forms. It's it's kind of like a, an online collective of sorts in which there's more connectivity um, to be had with the folks that you might just see out at these festivals but never really talk to and never really have a dialogue. Um, do you, guys, do you guys have something to like add, like more concrete kind of examples? Because I feel like that was abstract, but. I feel like your your description of the last time to have, like inspiration of the of MTV of the 90s, like, mm. like just like really focus on like sharing music and, um, you know, talking about music, reviewing music, um, and just like a hub of that kind of stuff. We really focus on trying to go out and listen to new music within the local Brooklyn community as well. You know, we're all local to New York City, so whenever a new act or even like some popular acts come through, we go out, we experience the festival, we talk about the festival, we break it down uh, for you guys here on this podcast as soon as possible, and we get it out that way. Um, And as well, uh, we have our other friend with us this week. We're gonna talk a little bit about uh, specific tracks. Sometimes we're gonna break down some music, you know, tell, share with you guys what we think about that track, um, our opinions on that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So a break, breakdown of music, anything relevant in this culture, we look to tackle. Um, and, and get your input, too. We want to hear from you guys. Please comment. Please let us know what you think and how we can make this podcast better. Um, so the first kind of thing we're going to talk about is the one that we mentioned last week in Moon Dot Beach. Um, and that was a festival that happened in Brooklyn. Um, if you didn't go... Some things will be specific to the event, but stick with us because if you do follow these artists, it's relevant to kind of know what they were up to at this event. And we'll, we'll dive deeper. Someone started a new label, and uh, I think that information is a value. All right, man. What are your general feels? What did you think? What did you, what did you like about the festival? Yeah, so I'd love to hop in here. This is my uh, first time on the podcast, so I'd love to introduce myself first and foremost. Um, my name is Peta Fanatic with a PH, um, and if, if you want to know why, um, it has nothing to do with that, that little jam band that just announced a fall tour. Uh, it's about to be revving up. Nothing to do with them whatsoever. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so just would love to hop in here and uh, talk a little bit about Moon Beach. Um, I'm a real um, electro, weird bass, Wakan fan. I've been... Um, just like really on Space Jesus for a couple of years since I saw him at Camp Disco 2017 uh, and really been following him and some of the other artists on the label. So I was super excited for this event and I think that it was overall killer. I think everybody who went with us had a lot of fun. It seemed like most people in the crowd had a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, we saw some weird music, most of it really good. And uh, yeah, I would love to hear what you guys think a little bit too. 
Uh, I personally really enjoyed myself. Uh, the venue was great. Um, the acts were great. The wait to get in the venue, not so great. Um, <laughs> since, since I think, I think Coney Island was like an hour and 45 or something like that. Yeah. It was pretty bad. We got there pretty early too. We got, we got to Coney Island around two thirty, three o'clock and we didn't get in until close to five. Um, it, the security was really intense. I think they're trying to be extra thorough, trying to do their job or whatever. Um, that was probably the worst part of the event because as soon as we got in, it was awesome. Like the, the venue was magical. It was right. Like the backdrop was just roller coasters and rides and a cloud rolled in about halfway through and everything was covered in fog and all you could see was the lights and the lasers. It was just a really good time. The crowd had really good vibes. Um, all the acts that came on before Space Jesus were pretty Pretty good. I, I think they were awesome. I was really feeling um, Charles the First and um, Supercilious. I thought they did a really good job. They had that low wobble that I really like. Oh, yeah. So I was really feeling them. Um, but overall, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to give. If I had to give a grade Ooh. to the <laughs> the entire <laughs> the entire day, I, I'd give it a solid B. A B. You know. I mean, it was great, but there are some things that I would, you know, it could level up. That could, could you know, improve upon. I feel it. It uh, I enjoyed the fact that it felt like a twisted carnival to me. Yeah, it, was it felt. Great. I like that dark shit, like that make me feel weird, and I, you know, there's Space, some other things yeah. to make me feel weird, and just some. Space Jesus nailed it with those visuals too, <laughs> with the carnival visuals. That was really cool, yeah. and the sounds. Yeah, it was excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was tight. That so Coney Island has this symbol of like this twisted Joker figure with a demented smile, and it's just looking at you all the time, and like, it kind of represented the festival. To me, because it felt omnipresent, like with a literal dark cloud and like that figurative dark cloud kind of coming into play. And in the darkness, you have these sort of LED lights shining through. It's it's a weird synthesis. Um, and that with the collective sounds and everybody worked out as shit. It was tight. It was really tight. Um, things could be improved. And I, you know, hope to hop into that too, because I think that'll be a value. Like if you think that something should be improved. Maybe we can all have a collective voice and, and relay this information to the festival people throwing this shit so it can all be a better experience for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. What was everyone's favorite moment? Um, for me, what immediately pops out is when Space Jesus had all the vegetables with like- Oh yeah, <laughs> that was cool. Just some also, just like some like really euphoric, like kind of like spacey, like nice sounding. Um, like dubstep, um, almost like Odessa-esque, in my opinion, was really loving that shit. Yeah, and the stuff he played right before that was probably the best stuff he played. Mm. Like, it was so good. I the down. Was it hard, Evan? Yeah, it was really great. <laughs> um, I, uh... He just, uh, Space Jesus has some great, amazing dubstep. It, it was almost kind of comical to me at one point where he <laughs> had, like, the most amazing dubstep that I've heard in such a long time, and then... He brought someone out to rap and it kind of just like threw off the entire vibe. It was just really weird, like a weird transition from like really A plus quality music into something that was a little bit rough around the edges. What do you guys think about that? It, yeah, the, the, for me, the rap left something to be desired. I know I like made jokes before, but now it's kind of like a more introspective view now that I, because I think he's going to keep incorporating this into his future acts. So it's kind of something that. As a festival goer, like I'm forced to accept, and I wish that wasn't the case. Because for me, it just it just didn't sound good. Um, I think that 
I think that he tried the the rappers that came on stage try to use a 1980s type of flow, and that flow sounds sound like antiquated. It sounds good over boom bap type of beats, but I don't. I'm not so sure that it'll it will sound good over dubstep. It it just it didn't sit well with me, and it, it like we were saying, it it takes it took me out of the performance, right? I couldn't hop back in as easily, like. It's, well, let's, let's try to rewind a little bit for those people who didn't go to Moon.Beach yesterday. Uh, Space Jesus came out. He was the main act of the night. And he, of course, you know, played a few of his own. And then he stopped partway through to announce that he had, he was going to start his own record label, Moon Dot. Was that what it would be called? Yeah, yeah, Moon Dot, which I think is really cool and definitely think we should touch on a little later. Oh, we will, know, totally. 100%. And so he's going to be, you know, start, like, producing music, which is amazing, you know, like, you know, producing other acts. But then... He brought out his star acts, I guess, that he has for now. And they were some of the people that he brought out at Bisco as well. Um, and they just sounded like they weren't rehearsed or didn't really know what they were getting themselves into. It was just really kind of sloppy. It almost seemed like uh, they just weren't ready or... Very amateur. Very amateur, yeah. Not, And it didn't flow well with how quality the product yeah, space yeah, is. There's professional like dubstep yeah. music going on mm -hmm. and then it's like it's, you snap into something else entirely like a different level where you're you're like taken back a little bit and then you kind of get brought back in with the music and then he kept, kept going kind of back and forth a little mm -hmm. while. But... Is it possible that we're wrong because <laughs> because I saw some people like enjoying it and like smiling in the audience and like I didn't get it. It felt like I was watching a movie um, in a different language, and but didn't see the subtitles. And everyone else has the subtitles and can enjoy the film. It... Well, like, look, I'm all for like hyping up new acts. Trust me, I think everybody needs to have their shot. And like, you know, especially when you're starting out, having that support of an audience is like is is crit critically important. Um, but it really wasn't. I don't think this was the time and place for that. Yeah, and I gotta say. Um... Just looking at it um, and responding to your point, Josh, um, do, do I think that... <laughs> was, it, what, was it good, basically, like, to... No, yeah, do I think that, like, they had no reason to do it? I think, like, like conceptually, it's a good idea, but in practice, when, like, you're actually, like, rapping and just, like, not doing a good job, it doesn't add their performance. I see that adding a live element is something that all like would love to do because they want to put their like heart and soul into the music but like you just have to do it right you have to do it well there are a couple acts that do it well I, i've heard ferg on a couple like electronic type of songs like asap ferg sounds great um it's just the, the energy has to be different that they provided it seemed like it seemed like a joke it seemed like a, a parody of rap to me and that seems kind of uh not to dive into that whole philosophical discussion, but if it seems like you're siphoning off a culture that you don't really like contribute to. I completely agree yeah, with that. I, I was actually researching a little bit today just to see, like, to find song dubstep that had really good rap on it. And I found a bit like a subgenre of that mm -hmm. called grime. It's, I think it's mostly mm -hmm. UK artists. Um, but I heard we listened to one that I thought was really good. Um, maybe we could check it out later. But yeah, yeah I, I, would love, I would love to, to hear it. You know. But I feel like Space Jesus. He's trying to start this new record label. He needs to be a little bit more intentional with the people he's going to put out to represent his label because it's brand new. People are going to be critical of it. And if he doesn't come out with something that is polished, 
people are just going to think of it as a joke, like Josh was saying. And I, I'm really worried about that because this is not the way to start a record label. That's a good point. I think that that's a good time to curtail into the discussion of what, what happened. Um, so he came out and he announced that at Moon Dot Beach that he is starting his own record label. And I think that's fucking awesome. Um, I think that ownership of your music and putting other people on and leveraging your connections to make other things happen is good. To to 8-Bit's point, yeah, I agree. I think that like if you're going to come out, it needs to be strong. And that is kind of worrisome that if the rap acts as who he's prioritizing, then I don't know. To be fair, they got a fraction of the time that all the dub stuff did. It was yeah. like True. less than one, like, 20th of the time even, but it was very impactful. Yeah, it sounded like, though, he's, he's trying to promote more, like, Supercilious and, like, Huxley and... Mm. Oh, those guys were great. <laughs> Which I think, yeah, I think, like, the end where they're, they're all on stage together, and I thought that was, that was pretty dope. And are all Essex guys down. on his label? That's my question, because Buku is a big deal. If he has Buku on his label, like that's like a big that's like a squad. one Essex dude. Squad. Like that's actually like tight. You put all those guys. It's looking in. like the Avengers. I'm that's also, a, I don't know about Charles the First. I'm really just not. Were you torn about that? I enjoyed it. I loved it. No, 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 no. I thought the set was great. I'm not sure if he's on the label. I think oh, he okay. might have his own thing going. He's kind of a big Probably. deal. He's a little different too, style. Like, but I don't know. Style. That set was sick though. I was Charles really feeling first, it. I thought threw it down at Munda. Threw yeah. it down. I highly recommend. Especially because his set correlated with the fireworks display at the park mm. behind us. It was yes. just, so, was it was so idea. good. I thought that was, that was too. That was a different event, those fireworks. No event. way. Yeah. Like oh my God. Event. I thought it was for That's awesome. Charles the First. That's so funny. <laughs> it, wow. it worked so cool. Like, it was just like a magical moment. <laughs> it, 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 looked, it looked incredible because they had like a moon in the sky, moon dot beach, right? And the fireworks just projecting over that moon. It seemed like s- surreal. Like, it was crazy. Such a great venue, though. Yeah. Such a great amazing. venue. It was cool. The roller coaster was so close. It could have flown off and hit us, honestly. <laughs> These guys were just too anxious about the God whole forbid. roller coaster thing. It was, I thought it was great. It was added, like, an extra cool element that to it. That was sweet. Yeah. sweet. Two yeah. roller coasters, really. One front, one back. Well, yeah. we talked a lot about the, the rap acts. Let's talk a little bit about, like, Huxley Ann um, and... And, and Dub. And, and the Essex Buku. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, actually, I thought Essex and Buku, like, the Essex Buku... The part was like the best. <laughs> Probably. It was back to so good. I was yeah. really feeling it. I kind of agree. If that was like at a later spot, that definitely would have been the best. It was just like a little early. I do think so. I think it uh I think it changed the tenor of the night for me. Oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent. It brought us yeah. into it. Super time. Yeah. And then Charles at first it was a, I feel like it was a good transition because it was very sp- very spacey, very wobbly, like just kind of a good transition from Buku. Um, to Space Jesus. Did you guys think Buku back to back Essex was more aggressive than Charles the First? Um, it was a little bit more dub heavy. Yeah, sure. um, I if, thought it was one of the most aggressive of the night. It was great. It's good. Um, really good. The some of the stuff that Charles the First played had like Tipper vibes to me, like a little bit more chill, like mm-hmm. ambient mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, and then uh, but they also had some pretty good like heavy dub stuff in there. It was just I don't know, excellent. I uh, I enjoyed Huxley Ann. I think that. So Charles I and, and Huxley Ann for me were different types of like sounds and then kind of the rest of the aggressive dubstep. I feel like Charles I, as we touched upon, and then Huxley Ann sort of, I felt like I was in an Egyptian pyramid when listening to like her set. It felt very sultry, very dark, it, like deep, emotional. And I thought it was interesting. 
What'd you think of that uh, music video she premiered afterwards? I, f- I fucked with it. Yeah, like, it was crazy, yeah, right? A lot. So Huxley Ann um, debuted a dope music video. Unfortunately, I actually don't know where people can find that or when she's dropping it, but maybe we could share it when she does. It was sick. The visual was incredible. I have some stuff to say about Huxley Ann. Like, I think that... Hold on, I just oh, need to interject real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Technically, it was paint, so that whole act was Huxan and Serta back to back. Yeah, that's so, true. So definitely can't discount what his effect was on the music and everything. But yeah, go ahead. Yo, that's what I was actually gonna what say. Do you think of this up? Because yeah. I felt like the parts where uh, Huxley and would come in, it kind of felt like it didn't flow. Where the rest of the artists, I could feel like their their set was like a complete piece of music. I felt like Huxley and and who was it, Serta, you said? I think Serta. It was Serta. Not 100% sure on the name. Yeah. Um, the pronunciation, but yeah. You could, it felt like very pieced together instead of like, oh, this is all one act. Um, I still think that she's working on like maybe developing her own style or vibe that like, like her own signature to her own sets because I did really like the music she played. Don't get me wrong, but it didn't transition right mm. for me. Sure. Mm. Um, but yes, yeah, still A, A plus quality. Pretty yeah. good stuff. Yeah, that is something the artist should think about, right? Like how it flows together as a whole like piece instead of like song to song, kind of like chop and stitch. Yeah, it, yeah. it seemed like she was like a, a really good like club DJ. Like if you're trying to go and dance and have a good time like at a club, she's throwing on all these amazing tracks that sound really good, but it wasn't like a performance. You know what I mean? Interesting. That's definitely a, its own performance. I totally, yeah. I think that like it's more of a performance to do something a little more like low key and unrecognizable. I feel like that's like honestly a big trend in a lot of styles of music. Maybe she's not so much like a lot of the dubstep that we've been checking out lately. It almost looked too like, like they were kind of jamming together on there. Like, like they were just communicating with each other a lot. Like, yeah. oh, like let's try this. Like, let's do this. It felt like there was some vibes of that too. Yeah. Like, like it, there was some improvisation that, that was going on. Definitely a good amount of improv in, in my opinion last night. I thought like, yeah, they really killed it on that front. I, I loved the end. So I, Space Jesus is yeah. set too, to be said. Um, he, he threw the fuck down. Like, fuck yes, there, there were some points I was yeah. like, just getting an overbite with my jaw because it was just so nasty. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> I love this shit. It was, it was incredible. That G. Jones. Um, oh, yes. What did he say after? I don't know. I he was, was like, he's like, how did G. Jones even make this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I need to hear that again. It was just, it put me in a different dimension for the rest of the night. It was it was incredible dubstep. So good. Like soul shaking. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, there were some really cool low sounds that I feel that you got to be there to experience. You have oh, to be yeah, at a live yeah. event. Yeah, feel it. Yeah. It, it. Headphones don't do it justice. It's like, feel it in your body. You know oh, that's one thing I wanted to say about the venue before we stop, though. In order to, like, be experience the venue, you had to be in the lawn area. Mm-hmm. Because if cause they have, like, little walls on all four sides. So, like, if you were outside the wall, it did not sound good. <laughs> it didn't carry through. Yeah, yeah so it, that venue, that, that's one thing that's kind of specific about that venue. You have to be, in like, in it in order to enjoy it to its full. I mean, like, I guess it's, like, how it is with a lot of venues. <laughs> but, I mean, like... More so than like an indoor venue, like where you can like pretty much go anywhere and it sounds pretty good. Like the Mirage, you can be pretty far back and sounds yeah. pretty good. Anyways, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's also good to have places in the back that you can go and like chill out if you want to like take a little bit of a break too. Like I know that for like a couple of people we brought with us, it was nice to chill in the back at first before like bringing them all the way into the crowd. Sure. Yeah. I just wish it sounded better in those chill areas, you know what I mean? Mm. So yeah. maybe, maybe another speaker system when it's like... Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. That's a good idea, yeah. Did you guys feel hydrated? I think no, honestly. Nah, that's what I'm saying about the water situation. <laughs> like, 
I know they're trying to promote whatever. I don't even know the water company's name. That's how bad a job of promoting they did. I don't know. But I, but they were passing out for these free bottles of water, which was fine. But I also didn't want to just go leave just to get this small little bottle of water. Like I wanted somewhere to be able to fill the refill. But yeah, for um, a festival that lasts all day in the middle of the day, they probably should have had some like water tanks or something like that, somewhere where you could fill up yeah, a water bottle. Yeah. Um, I don't. I mean, like, but think about it. Whenever you go to any other kind of event. You just buy a water bottle. So, I mean, it's pretty cool. They were giving out free bottles of water. Like, that's not a typical thing. It they was nice, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Even though it was... They don't... It wasn't up to them to provide you with free water. I mean, there's water fountains in a lot of venues. I don't know. Yeah. Except I, you have that infrastructure. I think... Lots of lots of plastic bottles. You know, the environment... Yeah. Out there, like, yeah. talking about the environment. <laughs> we're all throwing, like, these tiny plastic bottles and of water everywhere. And glow sticks. Like, plastic is going to do us in. <laughs> just jacked up. But yeah, I think I think they have to provide water because otherwise somebody's gonna die. Yeah. For <laughs> <laughs> Yo, someone's gonna die by getting like tetanus. I saw so many people without shoes last night. Like, <laughs> I don't know how people do that. Like, I'm, I'm worried for their feet. <laughs> Yo, I was I was pleasantly uh, surprised by most of the porta potties were not disgusting. Like that was that was quite nice, and I didn't feel repulsed. It, it was, was a great venue. Like, it was weird though. It was like when you open the porta potty, you're looking at another porta potty. And then I was when I was coming out of mine, this couple goes into theirs and they're like, we're going to do some weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I was like, all right, that's, that's cool. And for a time, man. Oh my God. But maybe we should, uh, did you say you wanted to review some tracks? Yeah, I think so. Let's talk a little bit about that track that you want to review.
start it up and go and get swifty. Ha 
The second one was stronger to me. Um, the second one was stronger. Yeah. The second one's dopamine. Um, is the name of the song. I think it. I think it sounded more polished. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I still like. I think I like the first one better. Just had that like, that like wow, that like, just that bass, weird bass sound. I don't know. It sounds like someone's like. It sounds like vocals almost. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It seems- Are you talking about the Mashi type stuff? Yeah, that like, like first drop, kind of. Yeah, it's like I don't know. It sounds like vocals, and then they're mixing vo- actual vocals over it. Mm. I find that, that so weird. That is a technique. Like people could input their vocals, like record it, and then make it like distort it and go along with their baseline and stuff like that. So yeah, it, they probably did. Yeah, it could, yeah. It could be that. That is really cool too, because I think I mean we're kind of conditioned to like look for the human sound and human like tone so I think putting that in is kind of craftful because you're more attached to the song you know it's not just a random sound it's more evolutionary in that like we're conditioned to like communicate through our voices so we're more inclined to like like that you know yeah um I thought I thought that that drop those drops on the first one were crazy it was like the build-up and yeah both of them, I feel, like, had a very natural progression from, like, first drop to second drop. Um, like, the first drop was, like, hard, but somehow the second drop was weirder. Like, whether it was harder or not, who really knows after the first one. <laughs> but, like, wow. Both the songs, like, ended phenomenally. Really just, like, finished out with, like, very spacey, like, eclectic-sounding stuff, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I feel that. It felt like the room got bigger. Like, the sound got, like, the reverb and, like, everything. Like, the yeah. stereo space of it just kept getting bigger and until it just phased out. Yeah, really like overall very like distorted vocals and like just, I don't know, uh, samples as well, just all over the, mm-hmm. these tracks, pretty tight. Is it is it possible that there are other cartoons than Rick and Morty? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's like kind of self-referential, it's like playing into like the scene, saying that you know your audience, all these Rick and Morty heads out there, and that even if they don't like it, Whatever, you're doing it anyway, putting I, it out there. I think I do have a minor, minor gripe with dubstep about that. Cause it's like, it's too over the top sometimes. Yeah. And and for me, things too in your face is, I like the nuances of things. It's not tasteful. It's too yes. Tasteful. So you yeah. don't like the Jade Cicada, Wubba Dubba Love? That's the one that's, I think that's the one that everyone <laughs> I think. <laughs> that's my favorite one. I, I enjoy that. I guess if it's, I guess it, it can't be in between. How can you hate it? <laughs> I like Jay Cicada's, like, the Wubbleo dub. That's always fun when it plays. Um, I like What the Fuck by Hero Bus, because that's over the top and, like, really in your face, but it, it, it still plays well. Yeah. I feel like any in between is just, like, uh, I don't know, for me. Yeah, it's definitely a, I feel like, a lot. I think that's a subject that's definitely up for a bit. Yeah, 100%. And it, I, if it works, it works. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just wanted to... Give a little info about the uh, EP, New Kids on the Block EP. Uh, it's Leica Beats, Mersive, and Nat Turner. And apparently they're the new guys. They're coming up. 
Uh, this was um, released by Wakan on August 16th. So um, yeah, just a couple days ago. And yeah, I think they really killed it on this one. Really hard tracks, really like diverse sounding stuff. Seemed like they covered like a lot of different genres of bass. Some really wobbly stuff, some really like um, very much like excision, maji stuff. Uh, a little bit of everything in those drops. They just like seemed like they threw it all at the wall there, you know? Is there, is it more important to release like a, a shorter project that's really dope as opposed to the traditional albums that are like eight songs long to ten because i feel this is very appropriate with how we consume content we're trying to Definitely. hop into a vibe hop out and yeah it being two great tracks i feel like that could do really well and yeah yeah it's definitely a changing nature of music production like i don't know but there's still something to a whole album of music and sitting down listening to it as like one piece like yeah like i i guess like i guess when you build up that cachet like i'm looking for a solid in hip-hop for example i'm looking for a solid album from rick ross because mm -hmm. i know he can put together body work like that a new artist i haven't really established that relationship or trust with yet mm -hmm. so it's like i don't know if i can invest my time on that but if you give me a two-song demo i could check that out mm -hmm. yeah sure yeah. definitely very accessible yeah, very consumable. Yeah, that was a, I think it was an effective use of of hip hop in like EDM too. Like I didn't feel offended when they rapped. Like <laughs> 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 what what defines the line between where you're offended or not? I, like I definitely know some of the things, but would like, love to hear a little more about it. I feel like just, just it, even if you're if, even if you're like a like a quote unquote current like corny person in in life, if you just spit your shit with confidence, I'm gonna respect you. Because it's true to you. Sure. Like, I feel like sometimes when acts do parody of the shit, it's just, it's offensive because it's like, there's a history, there's a culture. Like, what if a hip hop act was like, just to rip something from dubstep and, and use it to make several millions, but not give back to the community that we have? I feel like that's, it's kind of whack. I don't know. I, I know I'm not making my point as clearly as I want to. I feel like a little bit more of a cross. Yeah, dude. I see it. I mean, no, no shade, you know, it's, it's, be artistic, try shit, but. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. What would you, what would you look for in, like, in that kind of collaboration? I liked, I liked their glitched out vocals. It's, it, it makes sense. If dubstep is very technological, so you should, folks should take advantage of making a technological component to the voices. So distorting it and pitching it down like they did with the first track, I thought that was clever use. I think it could have been better. For example, we've seen folks like ASAP Rocky really like on Goldie and yeah. like really massively use that kind of detuned vocal. Um, although I thought it was, it, it sounded good. Um, yeah. On the second one, uh, I didn't really take a note on it, but I thought, I thought it was good rap. And like, I like how they, you know, did stutters with their vocals, kind of tucked it in under the beat. And it wasn't so much like, hey, I'm rapping over dubstep it was like it was insightful you, you took your time and i like that you know so cool yeah overall two like really long tracks i feel like if anybody's like into just long spacey like dubstep they'll kind of take you on a journey through a bunch of different sounds like these songs kind of did the job very hard to through. Yeah. Yeah. 100 percent. awesome thank you guys so much uh for sticking with us throughout this combo uh we hope that you might have learned something new. 
And we hope that you can educate us too, man. If anything here was something that you think, hey, I, I, have, I have some ideas about that. I want to further that conversation. Um, we are going to release this on SoundCloud. We'll post it on our Facebook group and also reach out to different groups in different communities within and there. Um, we'll, we'll be starting an Instagram page and a YouTube page. And all of those allow um, for conversations to happen. So wherever you're most active, feel free to reach out. Um, and we'll also be releasing this through a conventional podcast type of situation. Um, what are we up to? What's happening in the coming weeks? Well, next Saturday, um, 8-Bit and I will be going to see Bass Nectar at uh, Breakaway in Columbus, Ohio. So we'll come back, report on that. It's going to be nasty. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Nasty. Bass Nectar, he's an OG, yeah. right? And then, um, so I'm excited for that episode. I'm excited to parse your thoughts about that. Um, and we'll be going to Izu on Friday. And that lineup is that lineup is on steroids. Like, it's nasty. So if you're out at Izu, um, come say hi to us, too. We're, sh- we're still trying to figure out how to be more visible and, like, have these conversations in per- person and kind of make this community grow. So say what's up, man. Say what's up. All right. And uh, we'll drop more relevant information later. We we definitely didn't have an agenda for this day. We just kind of came in and talked our shit. <laughs> but it's just like that sometimes, man. Life is hard. Um, love you guys, man. Um, take care and see you next week.